0: FM Indianapolis. It's time to take a look at what's going on in and around Indy. It's Open Lines, your eye on the community, on High 96.3. One, two,
1: two, three, three. Hold up.
2: Good morning and thank you for tuning in to Open Lines here on 106.7 WTLC and Hot 96.3. I'm Ebony Chappelle here with Cameron Riddle and Tina Cosby for another special two-hour edition of Open Lines. How are you all doing this morning? Uh, Doing great. How are you doing, Ebony?
3: And Cameron?
4: Good! Yes. Good good. Good morning, ladies. Good morning, good morning, good morning. Lots of stuff planned on the show today.
2: Absolutely. Absolutely. So, Cameron, I know that you want to get us started out with some news. Um, We also have IMPD coming on this morning. We have Chief Randall Taylor giving us updates. We are also going to hear from Leslie Gordon and Indigo. Um, We have so many people calling in, so be sure to tune in for the whole show and join in on this conversation that we're going to have.
4: Yeah, that's right. We are doing this because there is so much in the news. When we talk to IMPD, of course, we are under this stay-at-home order, so does that mean you cannot leave your house? Does that mean the police are going to be pulling you over? Chief Randall Taylor will answer that question, and depending on who you listen to, the answer may surprise you, or it won't. And when we talk to Indigo, they are making some big changes that you need to know about. The buses are still running, but they'll be doing differently, and things will be different even down to the way that you board the bus. And then coming up in the 9 o'clock hour, we've got uh, something that you have haven't seen on any station that is an indianapolis woman who has a confirmed case of coronavirus she is going to call into the show this morning she is doing okay uh but uh when you hear her voice you'll hear all the wheezing and the chest congestion that she has and we'll also be talking with someone from iu health about what's happening on the front lines in our indiana hospitals but why are we doing this that's because of what is happening in the news and let's get you caught up on what is happening this morning Indiana now has 1,232 confirmed cases and 31 deaths from coronavirus. The plurality of the cases are coming from Marion County, which has 584 cases of coronavirus. However, no part of the state has been completely spared from the disease. Next door in Illinois, a baby has died from coronavirus. It is believed that this infant's death is the first infant death from coronavirus in the United States. That's according to a report from the New York Times. Indiana is under a stay-at-home order until April 7th. Indiana Governor Eric Holcomb is asking Hoosiers to take that order seriously in an effort to slow the spread of coronavirus. As it is Sunday, most of our normal routines are out of whack as churches have been asked to hold service in a different way, either through webcast or conference call. Now, just because we are under that stay-at-home order, it does not mean you cannot leave your house. Indiana law enforcement and the Indiana National Guard are not, I repeat, are not pulling over drivers simply because they are out during the stay-at-home order. And in the forecast, after a stormy night, it will be a cool Sunday with a high of 60 degrees and partly cloudy skies. Right now, it is already 60 degrees in Indianapolis. And so this morning, it's as if we planned it that way uh, to talk about law enforcement and then have law enforcement on Um, the phone with mm -hmm. us here this morning. Um, The leader of our police department, uh, Chief Randall Taylor, uh, ladies, joins us on the live line right now. Chief, good morning. Morning. Morning, Chief. How are you today?
3: Good to talk to you, Tina. Yeah. Uh,
4: First, uh, Chief Taylor, uh, how are you, Sandra, and your family doing right now?
5: Uh, we're doing well. Uh, you know, Sandra's been uh, working from home and uh, our kids are uh, back at home expecting uh, one in later today. So uh, the family will all be together, uh, just like old times mm. before that they went fantastic. off to work in college.
2: <laughs> <laughs> that is fantastic. I think that is one of the um, silver linings to this dark cloud um, of a crisis that we're experiencing right now is the fact that families are getting to spend so much time together. So that's incredible. Um, Cameron mentioned um, in our news break right before you came on about the fact that IMPD and the National Guard are not going to be um, pulling people over that are out traveling and driving around um, during the stay at home order. And I wonder, will it ever, because we're hearing about what's happening in other states where um, the police and other agencies have been a little bit more strict with those stay-at-home order rules. Um, do you f- do you feel like we'll ever get to that place in Indianapolis where you will um, have to start pulling people over for being out for non-essential travel?
5: Well, let me let me first say that uh, when when the governor and the mayor uh, make the declarations that they do. Uh, we really take our lead, as as well as all the other law enforcement uh, agencies within Indiana, take our lead from uh, uh, Superintendent Doug Carter with the State Police, and their stance is the the same as ours. So uh, we monitor those things, but so we don't. We're, right now, we're not taking an aggressive stance, on pulling people over for just being out and about. Now, that's not to say that couldn't change, but uh, but at this point, uh, that's not our goal. You know, there's a number of reasons why people may be out. um, You know that they've put out in a few bulletins. You know, getting groceries, getting medical supplies, taking Mm -hmm. care of elderly, and and all those different things that kind of go along with that. uh, uh, We're we're just not being Mm -hmm. uh, super aggressive. Now, that's not to say that, uh, like I said, things couldn't change. Mm -hmm. Uh, I believe there was an arrest. Thinking it was in the state that I heard about, but that was someone coming back from a, a party or something like that. Mm-hmm. And it was connected with a DWI. So, uh, you know, we haven't had any of those types of situations that I know of yet. Mm-hmm. But we're we're not really out to to pull people over just because they're they're on the road. Uh, we still have law enforcement to, uh, protocol to follow and things to do. So, obviously, accidents and DWIs right. and those kind mm-hmm. of things are. Are, are things that will still show up, but as for just pulling you over
6: because you're out and about, not typically going
3: to happen. Chief, Chief Taylor, um, with each passing day of this crisis that we're finding, and I'm hearing it on on my show every day, it's a constant balancing act for individuals, for organizations, uh, law enforcement, or whatever, to balance wants versus needs. And that, di- and you know, and it gets more with each passing day and each passing week. Um, mm-hmm. That gets more and more profound. How is that dynamic being played out? Um, you know, with the with this with the police department and how are you handling that? And how are you balancing that? Because um, at some point in time, it may get to that, as Ebony was saying, uh, because a number of states have gotten to that point. I know what you're saying as far as whether the governor declares it and things of that nature. But right now, as we're just navigating it, how are you balancing and how is the department balancing the wants, what you want to do versus what you need to do um, on a daily basis to keep this thing uh, in order?
5: Sure. Well, obviously, we're a service organization, and we feel we need to serve the community. However, uh, we also have concerns for our officers' safety and their health. Uh Uh, So we have scaled back uh, a number of things. If you notice, roll calls uh, are not open like they they had been in the past for people to just walk in. A lot of our uh, reports that need to be taken are taken uh, over the phone. Uh, You'll see our officers, of course, practicing the social distancing uh, uh, you know, when we get, uh, calls for medical runs, if, uh, if medical personnel are there, we won't go in and, uh, uh, unless we absolutely have to, uh, just trying to make sure that, that we're being safe. So it has impacted us, uh, you know, our officers are given, uh, their, uh, personal protection equipment uh the ppe's uh and they're and they're wearing them so you'll see them a lot of times with masks on are you you good on those supplies
3: are you good on those so far
5: we're we're pretty good yeah we just had a a shipment come in so uh right now we're doing well and of course we're connected with the uh uh, the eoc which is run by a number of different people but there's uh, a number of people at the table there that have access to those supplies and and give us medical advice uh uh, Dr. Dan O'Donnell with IEMS has been a tremendous help to us uh, in in how we go about our protocol, I and mean, we have had uh, at least four officers that have tested positive. Mm-hmm. Uh, so so we have to keep those things in mind, and uh, you know, uh, make sure that that officers that you know were around those people are getting tested. Uh, and there's been a number of organizations that are helping us out with that, so so far we're we're doing good but but I will admit there's in any given day uh lately there's probably sixty or more officers that we're keeping an eye on from the standpoint of, of whether they are going to need to be tested or mm-hmm. in the testing process or mm-hmm. Uh, you know, have, have felt like they may have been exposed either yeah. uh, within their family or or while they're out on calls and those kind of things. So, so there's a concern, but we've activated a, a number of, of people, uh, people that aren't typically in uniform. We make sure that they have uniforms so that if we need to put them out on the street, uh, if we get critically low, then they'll be able to do that.
4: So. Now, Chief, uh, as you just said, you've got a couple of cases of coronavirus inside the department. For folks who are listening, that may woo. I don't know if I want to call yeah, the police. Exactly. Now. Exactly. Uh Can yeah. can, right. can you uh, right. what, what can you do to reassure folks that if you still need police, you should still right. call? Mm-hmm.
5: Yeah. No. No. Definitely. Um, uh, and, and we're hoping that the community will will really take a look at that. I can say if it can be handled via. Uh, phone with a report or something like that then then we'll probably go that route. but of course, if there's a need for us to be there in person we're we're not going to leave anybody hanging from that standpoint, and we're pretty you know, we are aggressive with officers who feel like they're coming down with symptoms or uh, or they've got family members that have symptoms or those kind of things. We're very aggressive from the standpoint of making sure that they get tested uh, and and do their own self quarantining if necessary before. Uh, we put them out there uh, with the public.
4: Fantastic. All right, uh, Chief, uh, as as we get ready to let you go, I just got to ask, uh, as our focus has been on coronavirus, 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 uh, it has been quiet when it comes to what our previous topic was for January and February, and that was our rapidly increasing crime rate. It seems like that has slowed down. And why were we just not hearing about it? Or is that accurate?
5: No, that's uh, that's accurate. Um uh, at one point, we were 17 murders above where we were this mm-hmm. time mm-hmm. last year. I think today we're at nine or ten above, which mm-hmm. is still too anything above. Well, really, anything even below that is still too high. Too high of a number. However, um, uh, I do feel somewhat better uh, that that's starting to to even out. If you if you could feel good about that, you know, like, right? Yeah. Like I said, you said, we've got I, there, work it, to do, but. There was an interesting
3: article, uh, Chief, This th- that I was reading in the recorder the other day that, that, that spoke to that dynamic as well, uh, but it was warning um, readers to not think that that is permanent, that it could be, you know, it could be a quick shift because the longer people are, you know, you could also right. get the opposite of that, sure. the more people are together. I know you're chuckling, right. but that, yeah, that, right. that's like true as domestic well. violence issues yeah, and, and domest- things and like things that. things of that nature, so we, yeah. we have to be mindful of that as well, so... Um, right it's a, it's a good shift right now in terms of what we were dealing with the first two months but we also have to be careful of um you know the close contact type of uh, crime as well
5: right well and it's not a it's, there's no easy solution and there's really no easy way to gauge those numbers why right. they rise and fall the way they do uh you know sometimes in the past you may be able to point to a, a certain uh you know a uh, war against uh, people mm-hmm. that are in the maybe the drug trade and there's shootings back and forth and killings back and forth because of that uh, but that's not always the case right. i mean in the past we've had somewhere where uh, it's just been uh people uh didn't handle their emotions uh mm-hmm. like they they would you know get upset over a parking spot and, and shoot and kill somebody uh and those aren't typical um but they do happen and and there's no there's no gauge on on how why that happens and when it happens but the but, you know, I'll, I'll take uh, any blessing I can. You know? <laughs> so if the numbers are a little bit lower right now, then that's fine. But, but to your point, yes, that, that's a concern of our officers is, you know, how long does this go? We know that, uh, uh, you know, like you said before, having family together is great.
3: But yes. there
5: comes a limit sometimes <laughs> in certain families, mm-hmm. you know. Yeah. But, but, you know, the mm-hmm. thing is, you know, no one's telling me not to go out. Well, yesterday was a beautiful day, before, beautiful at day. least before mm-hmm. it rained. Um, a perfect opportunity to get out and, and go for a walk, get some get exercise, get some fresh air. You know, yeah. right, right, cool off. Sure. But uh, I, I did want to say before uh, before I leave, um, uh, I've I've been encouraged by a lot of the community on the things we're doing, and I just want to make sure that that you guys are aware we've got a great uh, police force, uh, great men and women that are out there working right now and trying to still keep people safe and keep their their own selves safe at the same time. Uh, And not just us, but the other first responders, the Mm -hmm. the fire department and the EMS personnel and, and of course, the hospital personnel are doing a fantastic job. And we do have uh, morning meetings every day um, as to where things are going, the the differences in the numbers from uh, the numbers across the state to the numbers here in Marion County. Uh, So one thing I've learned during this time is that those partnerships are very solid. Uh, and, and they are, they're very helpful. Uh, so, um, from that standpoint, I, I really feel, feel good about where we're at, at least as, as well as we can be in these types of situations. But I'm hopeful, like everyone else, that, uh, that we can get through this, uh, as quickly as possible and try to get back to some kind of, uh, normalcy. Uh, but I would also like to say that, uh, we put out an informational message not too long ago about scams.
7: Uh, mm. There are
5: scans that are coming through uh, the city, so if uh, yeah. people may be mindful of those things, you know, I know a lot of people want to help, but if, if people are asking you for money or, you know, even with these stimulus checks and stuff like that, mm. um, you know, you don't have to sign up or get an account number uh, for those types of things, so if, if you see those, please report them, uh, but be very wary. Uh, of those things. And I'm sure there are local groups that have good intentions and, and would use the money for the right things. All I'm asking people to do is, is just be aware that uh, there's there's people out there that don't have uh,
4: really those kind of your yes. best interests at heart. Mm-hmm. Yeah, we do need to be vigilant. Thank you so much, Chief. Chief Taylor. You're very welcome. Thank, thank you. you for calling in. Uh, we appreciate you making a little time for us to speak to us in our audience. I got it before you go. Are you going back to bed now or are we watching church online? <laughs> What's the plan?
5: Our church does a screening, so no, I'm up for the day. Okay.
4: (laughs) All right. Well, uh, Bedside Baptist for you this morning, and uh, tell the family we said hi, and and thank you again to your family and to your IMPD family for uh, keeping us safe throughout all of this. Appreciate you.
5: Thank you, Cameron. Take care.
4: All right. And in that same position next week will be our mayor, Indianapolis Mayor Joe Hogshead, has already confirmed that he will be uh, calling in Uh uh, to check in, let us know how things are going at the— Uh, city level on the city level yeah
2: yeah Yeah. right
4: absolutely
2: Great, great all right well um tina i know that you have had some great people on this week um chief taylor was talking about just the camaraderie that's happening among our first responders keeping the city safe and and things like that but there have been so many different community groups that have really stepped up in this time to help out their fellow neighbors who have you had on this week
3: um my goodness
2: (laughs) (laughs) i I know it's been a lot of people you know what you're asking me
3: that uh yeah who have i had the you know the the bigger thing is the topics um that have been on this week and and what people have been calling in about um i had a doctor i i had an er physician that was uh uh, on assignment in the u.s virgin islands and Mm -hmm. uh, we took call i had a psychologist on um i had um uh who else did we have on my goodness we've had but we you know the the biggest thing i think the more the more important thing was that rather than who is is what and we mm-hmm. what we were talking about and what people were talking about we were still dispelling myths um, really that, important yeah, to do because there are do. so many yeah. floating around. Yeah, we were still dispelling myths. Yeah. Uh, we were uh, letting people know about resources that were available.
4: And speaking uh, of resources, you uh-huh. guys have talked about the census. Yes. Which is very important yes, this time yes, of yes. year, very right? Very important. Yes.
3: And you know what? The The, the most interesting thing. Um, we've had Count Me Indy on, and that that was a guest. Uh-huh. Okay, uh, Tony Mason and Callie Kennington. Callie is the uh, the program man, uh, director. And, I had the pleasure
2: know, of speaking with Callie this week as yeah, well yeah, about the yeah, census, yeah. and then yeah.
3: Tony, of course, is with the uh, Indianapolis Urban League. But uh-huh. Count Me Indy is the it's the complete count campaign, meaning get as many people counted as possible campaign uh, for Indianapolis and Marion County, and it's supported by the city's uh, Department of Metropolitan Development. Mm-hmm. And they were just bringing uh, information because the count uh, officially is now underway i mean the official start date is april 1st but when you started getting those ma- you know those those yep, mailers that's when it
2: started that's when yes. it started and you and, know tina you mm-hmm. mentioned about um dispelling myths uh-huh. and that has been one that you know we've talked about the census on this show before we have to highlight it now because mm-hmm. when people you know don't take the time to do that communities are impacted and that's been a myth i've been dispelling in conversations for Forever because so many people think oh is the government trying to get in my business and are they trying to um Find out if I'm living here undocumented and things like that. And that is not the case. But look, that yeah. made sense back in the 80s and yeah, 90s. Yeah, it did. It yeah. does. It, yeah,
3: today, especially with people now, and, and that, that was the point that we made uh, several times throughout the course of the show. Uh-huh. We are all spending a lot more home time, whether you're working mm-hmm, from home, sure. you're getting home earlier or whatever. You've got yeah. time to do that. And I have to say, it takes
2: 10 minutes. I did uh, it yeah, while I was, I was watching TV. Say, <laughs> I have to say,
3: I did it too. And there's yeah. two others, uh, yeah, you know, my two young adults who are home from home uh they they were you know i had to count them as well it took mm-hmm. me maybe nine minutes i you know i put the clock by me and i, mm-hmm. I, I yeah. lost track of the clock but um definitely more than five but definitely fewer than than nine i mean it was unbelievable how yep. fast it went
4: well look if people still think that this is a scam again that was stuff that made sense back in yeah. the 60s 70s and 80s yeah. 90s yeah. when mm-hmm. we weren't just voluntarily giving information. If the government really wanted to know, we yeah, give, so give, away, give, yeah. give so much data away. You give it for free. you go online
3: and you're giving it <laughs> away. Facebook, so. If you yeah, use yeah. social, yeah, you were giving it, buy it all buy all away. Something on Amazon and you're done. You've given it away. Yeah. So but, uh, fill but, but, out the fill daggone paper. Form. <laughs> yeah, but uh, here's the thing. Here's yeah. the thing. What uh, Count Me Indy said was right now with their, you know, their unofficial results or whatever, that we've got 26 percent compliance right now, which is up about one or two percentage points from this time last year. So we're doing better. That, mm-hmm. That's Indianapolis and Marion County. Uh, in 2010, the response rate, I believe they said, was about 65 percent overall. So we, wow. we, we definitely are trending to to beat that. Mm-hmm. But the main thing is just do it, like you say. Yeah. Just fill it
4: out. Just do I it. I mean, it,
3: you can do it online, on the phone, or the old-fashioned way, mail yep, it in. Because mail. if you're if you're absent, somebody's gonna be knocking on your door.
4: Two, yes. three, nine, thirteen, ten. Wait, wait, wait a minute. Whoa. Wait, a minute, wait, a minute, yes. wait a minute. Wrong station. I'm can. looking at. I'm looking at <laughs> Tina. And so I said 1310. That's all right. I forgot what room I was in. I've been in every room. Represent 1310. I've been I'm on every station, so I forget what station that I'm on right now. We are, you it's know what? To this building reminds of me
3: of the Pentagon because you are in a different uh, different place every time you turn. Yeah. So, yes. yeah, so I, I have to be careful too. So yeah. let, let me pretend let me, let me retry that.
4: <laughs> 317-239-9696-237-239-9696. Uh jump on our live line right now and uh, join us in on that conversation as you listen to us on 106.7 and 96.3 239 9696 we're talking about the census and one of the things that gets neglected when we do not do the census and is our public transportation the things that yes. those federal yes, dollars does. count for so yep. Yep. it yep. is highly important to have uh, that census paid for because that's how we determine how much money our things get and uh, yeah. speaking, especially in black and brown communities that's right for sure. that's right speaking of uh, mass transit and public transportation indy Indigo made some announcements this week about the changes that they are making in mm-hmm. order to combat coronavirus. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. And joining us right now on our live line from Indigo is Leslie Gordon waking up with us. Leslie, good morning. Good
8: morning. Hey, I Leslie. like that
4: segue. You like that? <laughs> <laughs> you like that? That's low mm-hmm. producing right there. Kind of mm-hmm. playing that one out.
3: Nice,
4: yeah. Uh hey, so yeah, you were live on the air. We've got Tina and Ebony here. Um, you called earlier this week, um, wanting to continue to spread the message about, uh, what is happening with Indigo as you guys are making some changes.
8: Yes. Um, Indigo is, we're fully operational, but we have to make sure that we're keeping everyone safe, including our operators as well as our passengers. So, um, this actually starting today, we are implementing some changes, um, to help increase that and help fight the spread of coronavirus, so today begins the first day of um, rear boarding. So that will help slow some of those interactions at the fare box on the bus. So all of our um, buses and routes will still be running, um, but they'll be you'll be boarding from the back and they'll be on a Saturday schedule. So a little less frequency, as we've seen some of our demand go down as people are adhering to those travel and work restrictions.
2: Yeah, Leslie, this. Go, go Go ahead. Go ahead, Tina.
3: <laughs> I, I'm just thinking: if somebody, if I'm getting ready to get on the bus, and somebody says you got to go to the back of the bus, do not get offended. Please really? <laughs> not get offended you, when somebody tells you to go to the back of the bus. Say thank you. I will. Yes, because for this safety. is for your safety. Yes. This has nothing to do with riding in the back of the bus. <laughs> no. So please, 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 do not take offense when uh, you are riding as of today, because the changes That's are right. going to affect today. That that was all I was saying. You know, right? You no, no, no. No, okay. no, you're not wrong. That's Un- the- unless, it, but there's an you're exception. Not- Right. There's an exception unless you have a mobility. Right. If you have an exception, if you have a physical exception, Mm -hmm. you can board
8: as normal. But uh, there'll be plenty of signage um, and the drivers will be able to help if they need to. But, yeah, if you need to use um, those securing devices. If you have a mobility device or wheelchair or need assistance, you can still um, board in the front. But we're just trying to increase that social distance. give People room providing an essential service
4: absolutely three one seven two three nine nine six nine six three one seven two three nine nine six nine six leslie you're spurring a couple of phone calls would you mind answering questions from folks really quick of course yeah all right um ladies let's let's go right to the phones real quick we got a couple of folks here uh let's see who this is on line one caller good morning
9: good morning um my
4: name is miss jackson
9: and and Jackson. hi how are y'all today <laughs> good good <laughs> Um, I am an Indigo writer okay. and I am a mobile device. I am on a walker okay. and I would like to know will I still be able to use uh the ramp access or the front of the bus?
4: All right, good question. Leslie, did you hear that question? I did. Okay. No, that's
9: an excellent question. And yes, we
8: will still um be able to deploy that ramp and you'll be able to use that for Um, local routes, as well as um, the Red Line. But I know some of our Red Line stations are in the center, so we'll have some booster buses uh, monitoring that to make sure that there uh, is assistance available. So, nope, you will still be able to ride. I would just plan um, plenty of time in your trip as we're um, going to that Saturday schedule, Monday through Saturday, and then Sunday schedule on Sunday.
9: As of today, you are on Saturday schedule.
8: Well, today's Sunday, so it'll be a Sunday schedule
9: starting tomorrow. Um, On Monday, it'll be a Saturday schedule through the week. Okay. Okay, then. Well, thank you so much for your time and all 'all y'all. Thank you. No problem. Thank
8: you.
2: We appreciate your
9: support. Be safe.
4: Thank you for calling in, Ms. Jackson.
9: Thank you.
2: Yep. Leslie, I did want to ask... as far as keeping the driver safe, we talked about the rear boarding and the other things that are happening to limit some of that face to face interaction up front. Um, But what kind of messages are you sending to passengers? You know, you and I have talked before um, about my life with transit and using transit for so long. And some of the routes that I took could get pretty crowded. And I understand that you guys are going to less frequency. So you may see more people on a bus at a time. What are you telling passengers as far as social distancing is concerned?
8: Right. So there's a few things. I will say that, like I said, people are adhering and they are staying home because we've seen our ridership decline. Um, but we know we have some more popular routes. So we are encouraging people to, um, to um, put space between the seats. Mm. Um, there's signage that says that, messaging at the um, transit center. We've limited visits visit times at the transit center. So we're um, really encouraging people not to stay over 30 minutes. Mm-hmm. Those restrooms are closed to um, decrease the crowding in those areas um, with the fare being suspended. And again, limiting that fare box interaction. We've also closed the retail desk at the transit center. So so again, fare being suspended
3: means it doesn't cost right, anymore. It's a free right. ride. It's a free yes. ride. Yeah, yes, that's, super that's what we have to, yeah, we have to hammer that home, too, because it is free to ride.
8: Yes. Correct, okay. yes, we yeah. understand that, yeah, and that's, I mean, we know that a lot of people still um, purchase their fare on the bus. So, yeah, we're, again, just trying to limit that and make sure that the central travel can happen
4: and can happen safely. And, Leslie, before we can let you go, on the dollar ride buses, you're also uh, limiting it to one passenger per row, correct?
8: Right, yes, yeah, so, or the open door. Open, so door, yeah, those open yeah. door, um Those open door visits are scheduled, and so you would still make those schedules the same way, but they are limiting um, the amount of people on a bus, so it'll be one person per row, so we can still practice that um, distancing for those visits as well.
2: Thank uh-huh. you so much, Leslie.
8: No, I appreciate it. And um, you can learn more if you visit indigo.net slash help, or you can follow us on any of our social accounts at indigo bus. And get um, the most current update of what we're trying to do to
4: keep you safe. All right, Leslie Gordon from Indigo with headlines that one rides are free today. Buses are on the Sunday schedule, but starting tomorrow, Monday through Saturday, buses will be on a Saturday schedule. You will enter the bus from the rear door. Please do not be offended uh, this do time. Not, do not, do not. not this offended. time it's okay. No, it's, like, yeah. it's okay. This we are time. trying
2: to keep people <laughs> safe. I,
3: I would gladly go to the back
4: of the bus. Yes, right. yes, <laughs> for sure. Doing it out of a precaution. to to give an added layer of safety to the Indigo bus drivers who are still out there driving and working hard and coming in contact with people. They are still keeping the city moving. Leslie Gordon, once again, thanks for calling into the open line show.
8: No, thank you guys. Have a great morning.
4: All right, you as well. Keep the calls coming. I see somebody else on the phone line, 317-239-9696. We'll get to you on the other side of the break, but speaking of that break, on the other side, we have an employer who wants to call in. We still gotta eat and we still gotta (laughs) move, and it's Cluster Truck, who is hiring thousands of people across the country, hundreds right here in Indianapolis. We will be talking to them. You guys calling right now on the live line. Stay right there. Soon as I get to commercial break, I'm going to put you on hold. You are listening to the open line show.
0: Keeping you connected to what's happening in our city. It's open lines on high 96 three.
2: Welcome back. Welcome back to Open Lines here on 106.7 WTLC and Hot 96.3. This is Ebony Chappelle here with Cameron Riddle and Tina Cosby for another two hour special edition of the Open Lines show. Um, This morning so far, we have talked with our IMPD chief, Randall Taylor. We have also heard from Leslie Gordon with Indigo about some service changes that they are offering. Um, If you would like more information on that, go to Indigo.net slash help right now we're going to be talking with the co-founder and ceo of cluster truck the place that has some of the best pad thai in the city so love cluster truck
4: so on the phone line right now is the man who is running the place chris baggett is the ceo he's on our live line this morning sir how are you i'm good thanks thanks so much
10: appreciate
1: being here
4: we appreciate you we we not only appreciate you but we appreciate uh, cluster truck here in downtown indianapolis it is a frequent uh visitor of our building as we all order breakfast lunch and dinner from cluster truck and at first it was a convenience thing that we didn't have to leave mm-hmm. the building and now it's been like a necessity uh, <laughs> for you guys because we mm-hmm. can't go into restaurants and dine in. so we're always going to be eating here and so the delivery service that cluster truck is offering has been invaluable really absolutely
1: Well, thank you so much. All of our employees, our drivers, we we all sure appreciate the support.
4: Um, Let me ask you, um, during this time of need that folks are, uh, a lot of people are out of work, uh, routines are out of whack. Um, We've been doing this over the past couple of days where we have heard from thousands of, in we have heard of thousands of open positions at a number of, of businesses from Walmart to CVS to Kroger places that folks weren't necessarily paying attention to before you guys, uh, at least in your case, are, do have the hiring sign out just a little bit.
1: Yeah, we do. Um, you know, specifically, uh, we run a 1099 driver force and our, our, our gig, if you will, is is really kind of unique in that, um, because we're a software company, I think, you know, you know, I co-founded exact target. Um, and, uh, compendium software, and we really approach this from, a, from an algorithm standpoint, if you will. And we're able to get our drivers more jobs per hour. And one of the big keys is they never have to get out of the vehicle. We hand them the food at the restaurant, and the customer meets the car. So, um, you know, it's really interesting now in the whole cross-contamination world that, how that's playing out. But what it really does is it, it, um, it enables the drivers to get up to four, sometimes six jobs an hour compared to like the other delivery services, which can maybe get one to one and a half jobs an hour.
2: Wow. Which is super impactful for the drivers because as you mentioned, um, being a 1099 driver service, they're getting paid a certain amount per ride, plus whatever tips they can gather and whatnot. Um, And this is a model as far as the food being dropped off to the driver and meeting the driver at the car that cluster truck has employed for quite some time. Um, I wanted to know, with everything that's going on, some you know activists and different community people have been calling for corporations to offer their workers hazard pay that are having to be out in the trenches so often um, to help deliver services to people. Is this something that Cluster Truck is currently doing or has looked at doing with its drivers as well as the people in the kitchen?
1: Um, that's a good point. I mean I haven't really thought of that. Um, you know, we um, we were the first company in the country to offer sick pay to 1099s. We've always offered sick pay to our employees. We never want any of our employees or 1099 folks to have to make a decision whether to work sick because they need the money. Um, and that's been part of our philosophy all along. And like I said, we were the first ones to offer that Um to 1099s. You know, now other people are starting with the coronavirus, people are starting to uh to jump onto that bandwagon as well. You know, we don't want people to work if they find or feel that they are at any risk to themselves or to the customers.
4: So you guys uh of course are one of the many gig jobs that are out there. What about it makes Cluster Truck the best one to work for? And I- I'm ju- I'm curious, you know, you talked about the 1099. What are the other perks of driving for cluster truck versus Uber or Uber Eats or Lyft or whatever else is out there?
1: Well, a couple of things. You know, first of all, we offer free delivery um, in exchange for the customer meeting the car. So that's a real win for the driver because not only are they always routing back to the exact same restaurant, right? You know, our box on St. Clair and and Pennsylvania. Um, We hand them the food. They don't have to go into a restaurant. They don't have to go into a kitchen. Um, We hand them the food out the door. So, they're never getting out of their vehicle. We have moms that can drive with their children in the car because they never have to. Oh, it's, Mm -hmm, mm. it's it's one of the things we're most proud of. You know, we really wanted to take the worst job in in the gig economy, which is delivering food Mm -hmm. and really bring some dignity to it. And, um, and it is transformational with people's lives. Um, as I said, we have people that drive with their children. You know, I've got one mom. She's been with us since the beginning. Um, her daughter, Avery has been an infant. Now she's four, (laughs) But um, she just does lunch, and she comes in and, 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 um, and runs from, like, 11 to, to 1 or so, and, and, and that's her gig. And she has her daughter in the car. She doesn't have to pay daycare. She's making more money than she would if she had a full-day job. And, um, you know, just from a quality of life and dignity standpoint, we're really, really proud of that.
2: I'd say that's a great perk. Yeah, part. that's a huge perk. Yes, because yeah. there are so many parents that are in a situation right now where they have their little ones with them 24-7 um, doing e-learning and whatnot. I also wanted to know, um, I know when I was using Cluster Truck a lot, I lived not far from the restaurant. I lived in Old Northside. um, But now that I have moved somewhere else, I wanted to know if the service area has expanded at all for Cluster Truck, especially given the demand of delivery food right now. Or is that something that you all have looked at in terms of the metro area?
1: Yeah, we we just opened a partnership with Kroger in December up in Carmel, and we hadn't really been in a suburb before. Right now we're in Kansas City, Columbus, Denver, and Indian kind of urban areas. So that was our first suburb, and that's going really, really well. And then last Wednesday we just launched a partnership um, with Cunningham Restaurant Group, and this is just kind of a test, but it's going really well, where we opened in uh, Stone Creek in Zionsville. And we've never really done a situation where it's been our software working with another restaurant's menu. Hmm. And we put that together really quickly, you know, just because of kind of this crisis, and especially for all these restaurants that, you know, are having to lay off people and really, really struggling because obviously you can't go into the restaurant anymore. Mm-hmm. Um, and that, um, and, and we've, we've been doing that since Wednesday. Uh, last night was our first Saturday. I, I, I haven't looked at the numbers yet, but it seems like it's working really well. And if that works, that's something that we can scale up you know, with the right kind of restaurants, relatively quickly.
4: Last question, because we've, we're uh, j- just about out of time, Chris. I just want to know, as the customer, you talked about what what you guys are doing on the driver's side for their protection and what makes it convenient from them. I talked about what makes it convenient for the customer. What makes it safe for the customer to continue to use cluster truck?
1: Well, you know, I I, always, I never want to be the guy who says, you know, like the airplane executive, you know, our planes never crash, but. But, um, you know, the reality is that our kitchens are closed, like there is no public, right? The only people getting into our kitchens are our employees. Our general managers are trained. We have routines every single day, every hour. We have a cleaning routine. Um, they know what to look for with employees. And as I said, we have a very generous sick leave policy Mm -hmm. and we never want our employees to feel like I have to go to work sick because I need the money, right? We Mm -hmm. understand you know, how people live and that they need these paychecks and, you know, we don't want to compromise their health, the health of their coworkers, or the customers. And then the idea that we're handing the food out. The drivers aren't coming into 15 random restaurants a day. They're coming to one place, cluster truck, and they're never getting out of their car and the customer's picking up in the car. So that whole contactless delivery has been in our DNA since the beginning.
4: Well, that makes yeah. me feel good, because like it I does. said, we've been um, using Cluster Truck here at the station. I got the pork tenderloin. I don't know where that comes from, but it's delicious. Um,
1: <laughs> from and some s- Indiana. That's-
4: yes, well, of course, yes. State yes. of Indiana, that, that is our Indiana <laughs> food. Um, Chris, uh, thank you so much for calling in, and uh, again, thank you to your drivers for literally feeding us so that I didn't even have to get my lazy behind out of the building to go get food and <laughs> literally brought it right up to the front door. So we appreciate the service and appreciate you taking some time to talk to us on this Sunday morning.
1: Thank you so much. I appreciate getting the word out.
4: All right. Have a great one. Uh, Cluster Truck, again, one of the uh, many employers that are still running during this uh, time of crisis, this pandemic. And yeah. some of our area um, philanthropic uh, places, some of our community mm. service are also. Working hard and around the clock to continue their service. So, while we're still in this realm of what the community is doing, we want to open the phone lines up to several, to any of our community organizations to call us right now Mm -hmm. 317 239 9696. You want to hear about what it is you are doing to keep the community going uh, during this pandemic. Uh, Everything is out of whack, but as we have heard today, People are still at work. Indigo is still running. Those drivers are still doing the service. We right now are working, still providing our public service. Absolutely, here each and every Sunday doing our
2: part. And there are so many people, um, like I was talking with, uh, Tina earlier there are so many people that are just rising up to the occasion um to do what needs to be done to take care of our community so I am excited to hear from the people that are on the line well, well we're doing our part too I yes, mean are, our, our 10,000
3: sure. PSA giveaway I I, I got to get that yes, in every please. time I got to get that in there and uh, everybody has to do their part. And, and we feel as responsible broadcasters here, the Indianapolis stations of radio one, we feel like we can do our part as well. Sure. And so, um, you know, our, our, uh, our general manager and regional VP Dion Levingston, Hey, he committed mm-hmm. and, and we are committed to it. We're giving away free airtime. And I want to make this clear mm-hmm. because I think people are, are getting it a little distorted. Mm-hmm. but I want to make this clear. We are giving away free airtime to grassroots organizations and or individuals who are providing direct services mm-hmm. to people, groups of people, or organizations directly impacted by the COVID nineteen crisis. Now we're not doing. I mean, I, I people hear free PSAs, mm-hmm. and so they say, "Hey, our You know, talk about us. Talk about us. This is not what we do a commercial that we can't do commercials. <laughs> no. But we do want to do our part to highlight those who are doing what they are doing, how they're doing it, and who they're helping. Uh, we've got a couple of them up and going already, mm-hmm. yeah. um, and we've got room for more.
4: We've so, got we've mm-hmm. got room for more. We are we've got
3: room for more, but we you know we want it. This is our thing. This is what we're doing. And, Everybody's pitching in. And yeah. the way
4: to get that. In contact is to reach out to the one and only tina cosby
3: well there there's there might be one other but I mean, <laughs> well, you know, well and there's only one that we acknowledge
4: right liberty. now and yeah, that is yeah, our me. incomparable yeah, me, community just, just relations email
3: me direct yeah. email me direct t cosby mm-hmm. at radio dash one one is spelled o-n-e dot com, onecom dash one dot com, yep. Tcosby. Well,
4: speaking of connecting <laughs> with us, we put the call out and we just said to call us at 239-9696 to let us know what it is your community organization is doing, and it I think a couple people have done that because the phone lines are ringing. So, good, good, good. Yep. I want to hear it. Uh, let's see who this is on line one. Caller, good morning. You're live on the Open Line Show. What's your name? Hi, I'm Satchel Cole. Hi. Hey, uh, Satch How's it going? Hey, I'm good. How are you? So tell us about uh, your organization and what it is you guys are doing.
11: Um, So we are the No Questions Asked Food Pantry. Um, We are a food pantry that actually opened um, last year when um, the government was shutting down. Um, We opened in response to the um, food stamps that were being um, cut off and rationed and things like that. So our pantry has always been um, where we require no paperwork at all. You don't have to have ID. You don't have to have a referral, nothing. Um, You can just come and get the food. So um, that's how we've always operated, and that's how we will continue to operate.
4: Um, Excellent. We've got uh, several folks who are on um, who are going to join you in a second. So where are you, and uh, what are your hours of operation?
11: We have uh, two different locations right now that we are running out of. Um, So uh, if you are looking to pick up food, if you are in need of food, um, we have a location at All Souls Unitarian Church, which is at 5805 East 56th Street. Um, We are there Mondays and Thursdays at 5 p.m. It's first come, first serve, however many bags we have. Um, We just give them all out that day. Um, And then we have a second location, which is at the Church Within, which is 1125 Spruce Street. We are running there um, Mondays, Thursdays, and Saturdays from noon to two. And at that location, um, we give out um, not only bags of food but a hot meal as well. Um, Both locations are drive through, so it is minimal contact. Um, We are having very few volunteers come in. It's kind of the same group of volunteers that keep coming in. We are sanitizing everything before it comes into our building. Um, so it's the minimal contact possible. Yes.
2: Incredible. Thank you so much, Satchel. Um, how can people follow you on social media? So we
11: are on Facebook at No Questions Asked Food Pantry. Um and so that's the best way to follow us. Um sometimes we do pop up things and and stuff like that. So um if you just follow us on Facebook you can figure out everything we're doing.
2: Awesome. Thank you so much. Let's go on to the next caller. Who do we have on the line?
4: Good morning, caller. Uh, You're live on there. Who's this? Yep. Good morning. This is Dr.
5: Dorch.
2: Hi, Dr. Dorch. Tell us about what it is that you have going on in the community and what it is that you're um, doing to affect this crisis that we're going through.
5: Well, there's two uh, avenues I'm taking. One avenue, um, my personal business is Soulful Gardens. And what we're doing is uh, we're working with uh, the Crystal Moore House. Um, we're working with uh, Crystal House West Academy. And we're working with the Channing Micro Learning Center to build uh, raised bed gardens to start growing food um, for the neighborhoods. These are areas that are... Uh, food sensitive, food insecure, Um, they need as much help as possible. We want to make sure that we are able to produce as much food as possible for uh, them and then work out a way to distribute it to the community so that everybody has a chance to eat.
2: Super important because we do need those fresh vegetables. How can people connect with you on social media um, to find out about how to get involved?
5: It's Soulful Gardens, S-O-L-G-A-R-D-E-N-S, either on Instagram or Facebook. You can also Google Soulful Gardens, S O L. F-U-L-G-A-R-D-E-N-S And we'll pop up at the top of the search
2: Fantastic, thank you so much Dr. Dorch, who else do we have on the line?
4: Alright, let's go to line 3, this is going to be the last Call we take before we go to break, but I, There are other people still calling in yes. So we will get them in the 9 o'clock Hour, but uh, give me 90 seconds Who's this on line 3? Good morning Hello, who's there? Hello? Caller on line 3, going once Who's there? Going twice Okay, good. column number four is Lucky Day. Well, no. Call, we don't have one? Well... I have that would require me to restart things. Oh, got it. Okay. So we're going we're gonna, to, <laughs> I said that was the last call and whether okay. somebody was there or not, that was it because uh, we have to go to commercial break and yes, continue to pay, pay, pay bills. the bills around here. We talked about those PSAs and businesses who uh-huh. are still out there working and we're going to play some of those during this commercial break so we can keep feeding folks so we can keep the lights on here at Radio 1 as well. So uh, coming up in the nine o'clock hour of the open line show, we are going to hear from an Indianapolis, woman who has a confirmed case of coronavirus uh this is somebody who's a good friend of mine i'll introduce you to your on the other side but this is one of the stories that we have not really got to hear is the people who have it what's it like how are they surviving what are the symptoms how are they feeling Mm -hmm. you will hear directly from one of those confirmed coronavirus cases right here in indianapolis on the other side when the open line show continues
0: We want to hear from you, your thoughts, your views, your voice. We are your eye on the community. It's Open Lines on High 96.3. Get registered to vote in your state and help make a difference in one of the most important elections of our lifetime. Remember, you cannot vote unless you are registered. If you need to find more information about how, when, and where to vote, please visit news1.com vote. Everyone One is committed to ensuring voters of the information they need to participate in every election. Log on to news1.com vote. Get answers to the questions you have about registering to vote, voting, and elections by logging on to news1.com voting. On November 3rd, it's time to make a difference. We have the power to make a real change. Don't sit back. Get out and vote and make your one vote count. Voting is one of the most important rights as citizens in the U.S. It is your turn to stand up and to vote to reserve the right and to honor those who went before us. Get out and vote on November 3rd.
3: Are you wanting to get the word out about what you need during this COVID-19 crisis? Well, help is on the way. Before You Fall, a group that helps teens stay on track before they get into trouble is out there right now collecting information in high-priority neighborhoods about the greatest needs, especially in areas like food, health care, housing, and more. This information is critical for getting assistance where it's needed most as quickly as possible. For more, go to our website, hot963.com. I'm Tina Cosby, and this is a public service announcement from Hot 96.3, serving you.
0: WHHH-FM Indianapolis. It's time to take a look at what's going on in and around Indy. It's Open Lines, your eye on the community, on Hot 96.3. One, two,
1: two, three, three. Hold up.
2: Welcome back, welcome back to Open Lines here on 106.7 WTLC and Hot 96.3. Ebony Chappelle here with Cameron Riddle and Tina Cosby. We have had such a robust conversation so far um, on the air about all things coronavirus. We've talked with IMPD, we've talked with Leslie Gordon of Indigo about some of the route changes and different things that they are offering to customers as well as Cluster Truck about how they are keeping their drivers safe and keeping us in the city fed. Right now we are going to talk with a woman who has a positive case of coronavirus. This is a story that is super impactful
4: and one that hasn't yet been heard. So, um, first of all, I see callers on the line at 317-239-9696. Keep calling. We're going to get back to you and any of those uh, community organizations who want to uh, throw some shout outs out there so we can find out what it is you are doing. Mm-hmm. Uh, I'm going to open the phone lines back up for that in a moment. But first, as Ebony was just mentioning, uh, coronavirus, it seems as it continues to spread. It's going to be hard for you not to know someone who either is pretty sure they have a confirmed case mm-hmm. or, they or they know have yeah. they know. have a confirmed yeah. case. And I have heard on both sides of people who think they know who tried to go to the doctor and couldn't get a test. Mm-hmm. And now I also know someone who thought they had it, was yep. sent to the doctor, yep. got a test, and they were they have it. told now, now that they it is a confirmed case. That person is one of my good friends, Robin Black. Robin, are you on the line? Yeah, I'm here. Hey, Rob's. <laughs> <laughs> so first off, Rob's is one of my good friends. I call her Rob's. She and I started driving school buses together the same week at Perry mm-hmm. Township years ago. And we've way been, back. Yeah, way back. Way mm-hmm. back. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah, okay. So we've been good friends <laughs> okay. ever since then. We go on driving trips together, Chicago and all that. Good times with Rob. And so <laughs> when she called me um, on, she texted me on Thursday and said, Cameron, I have coronavirus. And wow. I said... I called her. I said, "Robin, do you really have coronavirus?" She said, "Yes, Cameron, what? I have coronavirus." <laughs> like who <laughs> would goodness. play about that? <laughs> oh my goodness,
2: do you yeah. really? <laughs> okay. Yeah. As a friend, how did that make
4: you feel, Cam? Well, I hate to put you on the spot. Well, no. The first thing I asked <laughs> her, I said, "Well, where are the kids because Robin mm-hmm. has two okay, kids, yeah, okay, uh, yeah who yeah, are yeah. in elementary school. Who they're making me feel so old because they're going into middle school now, and I've known this was literal kindergarten um, getting up there. But uh, Rob says they're at uh, they're they're with their dad." Mm-hmm. Um, the first thing when, whenever robin and i talk she thinks i'm so funny and i'm I, i'm only half funny <laughs> <Okay>. <laughs> and so okay. she laughs at everything i say and so she was laughing i was like robin would you stop laughing before you die <laughs> Be serious. She couldn't, she couldn't breathe <laughs> uh-huh. Wow. <laughs> and so and so the laughter that i'm hearing right now was a vast improvement from how you sounded on thursday
3: oh that's good
4: how that's are you good. feeling now robin
12: um, I feel a lot better now. Um, I still am coughing like crazy, but other than that my breathing after about nine or ten days now has improved a lot.
3: Wow. Wow, we're well, glad you're feeling better. Absolutely. Uh, so what what what's what's it been like? Um
12: the uh, the first week I had it, I didn't even really know I had it. That's when mm-hmm. I was going to the doctor, stating that I had breathing problems. I couldn't breathe. I didn't know if I was having other medical complications or what it was. Um, and that was earlier in the week on probably like, um, a Tuesday. And then by Saturday I started developing this like really dry cough with it. And then like, it just took a domino effect from there. And then that's when I started going, um, to urgent care. I, I, then my fever, I ended up having a fever. Um, I was sent home mm. and then um, I ended up going back like three days later because the breathing still, um, I couldn't breathe at all. And then also I lost my sense of smell. And then that's mm. when I kind of freaked out.
4: So, yeah. talk yeah. about that sense of smell and tell it just like you told me when you said it on the phone because yeah. it was funny. <laughs> Y'all
3: still laughing. Goodness, <laughs> <thank you. laughs> I mean, well, to find yeah. some some so levity in this, find, is good. yeah, yeah, that's yeah. good. Yeah,
12: so. um, actually, what it was is um, it was like two thirty in the morning, um, and I, you know, like I said I couldn't breathe. I was trying everything, the breathing treatments. So then I went to go get vapor up, and first. I was just like, huh, this is interesting because I don't smell anything. So I was looking at the thing, and I'm like, well, maybe vapor rub expires. I don't know. So oh, then goodness. I looked at it, and then it said February 21. So I'm like, nope, that's not it. So-, so then I started spraying Lysol. It couldn't smell it. Then I started spraying my bath and bodywork spray. I couldn't smell it. So then – Here I am, 33 years old, I call my mom, or I text my mom in the morning, I'm like, I can't smell. What does this mean? Wow. (laughs) So it freaked me out, and that's when I knew – okay, I definitely need to go back to the doctor because something is seriously wrong. So that's how, that was kind of like the icing on the cake for me.
3: So yeah. so at what point through all of these, this progression of symptoms that you're describing, did, when did it, did, did you first think right away, I have Corona or was it like in the middle or was it when you lost your sense of smell that you're like, uh-huh, okay, I think I got, it? or yeah, yeah, where, at what point during the progression did you, did it occur to you that you may have the virus? Never. Never at all. I didn't know oh,
4: what
2: wow. the sense of smell was. Wow. S- so,
4: so go go ahead, Evan.
2: No, I just wanted to know um, because there are people um, right now that are tracking every single symptom and now we have, we're getting into springtime, so allergy season is among us and there's other things that people deal with during this time. And I've talked to friends that every little thing, they're freaking out. They're like, I might have coronavirus. It's like, no, you know, maybe you just need to calm down and, and not freak out. But the fact that you, that, that those thoughts didn't enter into your mind, I just want to know what did you feel when you finally got the test and it came back um, positive? And also, what steps did you have to go through to get get a test? Because that's not something easy to come by. A lot of people can't get tested right now.
12: Um, that's the thing. Like, my, I ended up having to uh, have to see two different doctors because um, I went, like I said, I went to urgent care twice. Um, and, <clears throat> excuse me, sorry. And they, um, they kept sending me home. Um, so then I finally... Was able to see my primary doctor. And when she told me that was, that was probably the hardest thing because I saw her, I saw my primary doctor a week prior. Mm-hmm. And that's kind of what, because it takes a long time to come back, also. It takes yeah. like five or six days to come back. Um, and she told me that the urgent care place was sending me home, knowing that I had it just based on my symptoms. But mm-hmm. I guess. That's kind of like the unfairness is because if you're not of age or you're not um at a really high fever because I think it's um a hundred and no it's a hundred point four, and when I went to urgent care, I had a hundred and one, and they still mm. sent me home, so that was kind of what made me feel that well, you know if they're telling me I'm fine, then maybe that I'm fine, so I never put two and two together until I spoke with my primary care doctor and she told me over the phone that I for sure have it and I just kind of got quiet it was just like a moment of silence and then you know I called my parents and let them know and then you know kind of went down 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 the list because I had to let my managers aware as well.
2: Yeah which is so scary because you mentioned the fact that you're not of a certain age so you know, urgent care was just sending you away, knowing that you were displaying these symptoms. Um, And I think that's one of the misnomers is people believe, oh, if you're older or if this, then, you know, you're definitely going to be at risk. But there are younger people that are dying of this disease as well. Correct.
12: Because I think what it is, they're trying to um, keep, like, panic down so they feel if you're able to self-quarantine at home, you know, just telling you that you have a virus, as far as not telling you that it actually is coronavirus they that's what they're doing because i think it's just it's so massive yeah. that you can't help everyone especially because it's a virus you have to self medicate unless it's you know unless you have a fever then that's when you know it's it's a little
3: bit more serious but but you know what uh surprisingly Um, I I don't think that that whole is holding as much because from the Indiana State Department of Health, they've given us this chart of positive case demographics. And you Uh said you're just over 30 years old. That's an emerging demo. Because if you look at it's like it looks here 14.7% and the largest demographic, which is, well, they're tight. 50 to 59 and 60 to 69 is 17.7 percent so that's the third largest demographic emerging in the the state of
2: indiana
4: It's people in group. Robin's in robin's category. age group yes. yeah i mean
3: if, if you look at it and, and these were just released yesterday Wow. So you see that? Yeah, mm-hmm. you guys see this?
2: Yeah, and yeah. It's, it's startling, and that's the type of things so that we really need to. Yeah, we really need to hear. Yeah, that's um, that's third if my wow. if my
3: calculations are correct, and it's a bar chart, so I can read that. Right. <laughs> oh yeah, <laughs> <laughs> listen. Right. Things get a little <laughs> <numbers>. <laughs> hazy sometimes. Me and yeah. Numbers and I don't, but I mean yeah. you can just visually see that 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 demo is rising. Mm-hmm. So I, it it's almost like it's kind of evening out mm-hmm. a little bit. For sure.
4: mm-hmm. What we heard at the beginning yeah. that this was going to be something that attacked older people. Older People, yeah. is not really turning out to be reality mm-hmm. at all because when Robin told me that she had it, that's why I was like, quit playing? And when when I y'all play yes, we do <laughs> y'all play. but she she texted and and um she said, well, I want to tell people on um Facebook that you know, it's OK. Like, you know, you can survive this and it's not all gloom and doom. And yeah. mm-hmm. I but I don't want people freaking out. And I said, well, Robin, it's a shame that you don't have a very good friend who has a radio show and a TV show that he has to get done <laughs> that you could tell that yeah, story to. to so
2: many people. Exactly.
4: And,
3: and help it, them. It, the other thing is, Indiana is not quite like it's not pacing like the rest of the nation because Indiana has more females. Fifty two point nine percent of females are getting it in the wow. state of Indiana and males forty seven point one percent. Those numbers are clearly flip flopped. Yeah, when you look other at other states. places, yeah, 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 it is so, incredible.
2: I yeah. think that this whole um, experience that we're going through with learning, like Cam you mentioned earlier, we're going to get to the point where. Uh, if you don't know somebody directly, you know somebody that knows somebody that is going to be mm-hmm. directly impacted by this virus. Robin, you mentioned that um, your your young children, they are with their father right now um, while you do the self-quarantine. Um, I just want to know, and this is a little bit personal, but do you I know you miss your kids. Like, what is that like right now having to be separated from them while you recover and we understand that this is something um, the virus can potentially come back again. People can contract it again through um, environmental factors. Is that something that you worry about at all?
12: Yes, I definitely worry about that. Um, it, it's it's really hard being away from my kids right now. But I know, um, especially my son, because my son has breathing issues. Um, so I'm trying my best to. You know, FaceTime with them and just kind of talk to them as much as possible because I don't want um, them to even know that I have it because mm-hmm. I know my daughter, for one, she will she'll freak out. She's like super emotional. So I'm just kind of trying to, you know, protect them more than anything.
4: What yeah. well, how old is Mar- uh, Mariah McKay now?
12: Mariah is 11
4: and Makai is 8. So, what was the conversation that you had? You know, obviously they would be in school and the school's been shut down. How did you explain that to her? Like, all right, here's what's happening, y'all.
12: They already knew. They, I, but my kids are like really, really smart. So. Yes, well, yes, but yes, they, they are. Already, <laughs> they already kind of understood and they were just like, well, we don't have school. That was kind of like all they needed to hear. They didn't mm-hmm. really care. Um, Although now they're getting kind of stir crazy and they don't want to be there anymore. So now they're wanting to go back
4: to school on. Oh. You sound like I said, you sound a lot better today than you did on Thursday, because when I said, well, will you come on the radio show? You said, well, mark me down as tentative because I don't know if I'm going to make it.
2: <laughs> she had to make sure she had a voice cam.
4: Yeah, yeah. she did. Tell, 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 <laughs> tell everybody what your chest felt like, what did you, how, how, that, how you described that the other day.
12: Oh man, um, I it's it's scary. You can't breathe. It 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 burns. It um and then like kind of if you go, I don't know if you guys remember, like when you go underwater and you kind of uh, uh, swallow some of the water, that burning sensation, like you kind of mm. feel like oh, that nice. constantly. And then that's what's really really scary is you know struggling to breathe. Like I said, I did mm. that for nine days. That was
2: horrible. My goodness. Well, Robin well, it's so it's such a blessing to hear that you are on the mend and that you are doing well. And we send you all the best.
4: Oh, well, thank you very much. I'm glad you I was able to convince you. I had to slightly beg for her to come on. <laughs> we do do we got to do what we got to do. But we did. We did what we did. And she's she's a good friend. So she came through and Robin and I were supposed to go to Waffle House right before this. Uh, that's, that's our little <laughs> yeah, spot. Uh, would, Waffle House. Yeah. When We would go <laughs> yeah. do our bus trips together doing field trips. We got to go where it's open. So we would go to Waffle House and we had a good time. So we wanted to do that. But coronavirus has stopped that. So when this is over, Rob's, uh, we are still on for that. And uh, I can't wait to see Mariah and Makai and uh, everything get back to normal. So thank you. And I'm glad that you're feeling better
12: so much thanks for
4: having me all right be well all right uh yeah we've got other callers on the line who want to jump in on this so again thank you to robin for uh jumping on with us and having that conversation while we're still at the phones let's jump there and see who's on line one caller good morning you're live on the open line show
5: good morning how are you today
4: good how are you who's this
5: this is pastor bowman tyrese bowman here uh, president of the Near Northwest Faith Partners.
4: Hey, yeah, glad um, you were able to call in, as as we've been asking folks, community, organiza- community organizations, uh, continue to call in and let us know what it is you're doing. So now that I've reset and, and told people what this is, what are you doing?
5: So pretty much what we're doing in the community, we have open food pantries throughout the entire neighborhood. Um, the Near Northwest Faith Partners have partnered with uh, Food Bank, Food Bank, um, near Northwest Side quality of life and various other entities, um, getting food into the community um, with Christ Temple, Mount Olive, Barnes United Methodist, Greater Zion Fellowship, True Tribe, um, First Baptist, making sure that every family has a place that they can go to within our corridor. We have around 30,000 residents within our community that we want to reach and make sure they have an outlet they can go to, as well as with each of those individual locations they're serving, hot meals daily. And on average, we're doing about 250 a day with those locations. Um, And with that, making sure that everyone is being fed and, you know, are not suffering during this crisis and time we're in. Also with that, you know, having deliveries available, um, raising money for, you know, to buy other items as far as, you know, wet wipes or alcohol and medical supplies, especially for those seniors and residents to get out to them as well. Yeah. Um, so that's pretty much what we're you know doing within the community, as well as you know letting all of our you know members be aware of coronavirus, um, as well as giving them literature of how to make sure they're washing their hands on a regular regular basis and you know having social distancing mm-hmm. um, and basically practicing having safe
8: health practices.
2: So important, Bishop Bowman. It just You know, incredible to hear that the churches are coming together to feed the people spiritually, make sure that they are informed and also getting their bellies full as well. Um, How can people find out more information about the um, Near Northwest uh, Faith Partners and how to take advantage of these resources?
5: Yes, definitely. You can actually go to the Near Northwest Side Quality of Life website. Um, as well as we've partnered with Clio's Bodega with Flanner House. You can reach us via them as well, as well as you can go on Facebook with the Near Northwest Faith Partners, um, as well as we have our GoFundMe page going up as well. You can get information um, about how you can donate as well as volunteer and or get involved in, you know, if you know any senior citizens that are in need as well um, that fall within our district, definitely feel free uh, to drop their name or indoor address right there uh, in the comments and or responses and we'll get with them awesome. as well
2: awesome thank you so much bishop bowman let's go to who else is on the line hello hello hi caller what's your name and uh who are you here talking about today as far as what you're offering to the community
7: hello this is d ross Hey, Hey, D. Ross. good everyone. to hear
2: from you brother how's it going
7: all right how y'all doing
2: good good so tell us about what's going on on the far east side what you got going on
7: Yeah, so basically in the next two or three weeks, we will be launching uh, a tactical plan to get uh, household items to families in need the most on the east side. It's a lot of families. We've been getting a lot of calls about in need of toilet paper, mask, hand sanitizer, uh, Lysol, or just the basic necessities. And we didn't want to just address the food. Of course, food is a big problem, but I see a lot of, a lot of people, a lot of churches and organizations is rallying around that. So we wanted to jump in a, a different arena and get the household items to these families and try to work with the families who's directly impacted the most, who usually don't have a car, uh, who usually don't know about these type of resources. So just using our, utilizing our grassroots efforts. Oh my goodness,
3: D. You, you got to no email me, man. You got to yes. get it in. I, please give it to me. This is textbook. This is yes. textbook for the PSAs, PSAs. Yeah. yeah. And I
4: did send this to D and yeah, he said and he, yeah. I'm gonna jump right on that.
3: Yeah, you got to get with me. Come on, uh, we can get so, you on the. We can get this on the air
7: very
4: quickly. So we just had to
7: finalize all the partnerships. Oh, okay, first. I see. I see. Okay. Okay. And I, I didn't want to put anything out there until everything was smooth, right? And now we could get to that point because right now we are recruiting uh, volunteers. Okay. We're partnering mm-hmm. uh, with American Red Cross. We're partnering with Marion County Cert. Uh, community emergency response team to get everybody certified and trained uh, who volunteers okay? because it's a lot of trainings that's not happening and we got to be very, Caution. Uh, yeah,
3: yeah, uh, I understand that sure. you got to be responsible. The minute you get it all together and pull it all together, please let me know. So I, I certainly yeah. don't want to rush this too. But
4: how's that for peer pressure? Peer pressure. Uh, n- a little none, bit. None. <laughs> no pressure. No pressure.
3: <laughs> yeah. None whatsoever. Yep.
2: D, how can people um, connect with you online, either that are in need of these services, or if they are to a service provider and want to um, help contribute to the cause?
7: Yes. Um, right now, we have thirty partners. 30 community partners so we're always looking for more community partners to help us on the east side or become a remote satellite location once all the inventory is in um one of the biggest thing is trying to order things in bulk Uh, you know everything gets sold out yeah
2: and shipping times are double right now so much going on
7: Right, and so that's the biggest downtime right there, so how people can help is going to the Ross dot org, our website, um either donating financially, signing up to be a volunteer, or um in the next week with we um assigned drop off locations mm-hmm. for items, and so just stay tuned with that, especially yeah. on social media pages. And on our website, yeah. Appreciate this, you, Dean. This
3: particular yeah. outreach is going to be, you know, specific and different. Uh, in addition to the Ross Foundation, I yep. can tell. Yeah, it's going to be a a generalized. I'm not a generalized, a focused outreach. Yep.
2: So, very a virus yeah, very
4: important. Thank outreach. you, Dean. Not- All right, D., Thank you for calling in, brother. We'll see you around.
7: All right, y'all have a good morning. All Thanks,
4: right, man. let's keep the calls going. We've got somebody right now on line three. Good morning. You're live on the Open Line show. Who's this? Hey, uh, this is Matt Davis. What's up,
2: Matt?
4: Hey, how's it
10: going? Um, I've been working with IPS um, and various district and public partners over on the the northwest area. Uh, As we all know, there's a lot of insecurity in that area in a lot of ways, uh, from food to jobs. uh, And also health literacy is a super important issue during this pandemic. So um, I work in schools like uh, Ignite and GPA and and various schools over there. And GPA,
2: which school is that?
10: Oh, sorry, uh, Global Prep Academy.
4: Awesome. And
10: um, uh, so my job is Big Green, my day job. Uh, outside of that, I'm a neighborhood organizer, and I do human rights work through an initiative I do called Axiom Collective. And so uh, my job was like, hey, you can help out with some of this IPS stuff, uh, but, you know, you kind of have to leave that uh, independently. So mm-hmm. I reached out to Flanner House and the near Northwest. That's kind of what the quality of life plan over there has moved into it's like the neighborhood development Mm -hmm. plan. So they have um, uh, assisted and I'm supporting them in their uh, response effort to COVID um, for food distribution um, and uh, also um, employment services. So a lot of the things that you see in a social service agency with Flanner house, we're trying to provide that with the rest of the neighborhood through the near Northwest. So
2: Matt, I did want to ask you specifically about the, um, food to the families, how can people take advantage of that resource? And is there a site online where they can go for more information um, so that they can take advantage of what's being offered?
10: Absolutely. So if you, um, if you are uh, a, a parent of a student at a school, mm-hmm. definitely reach out to the school. First, prioritize the social worker. We have the social workers reaching out uh, directly to people who need, it, who need it the most and who are high mm-hmm. risk. Uh, and then also your teacher or any other admin. So that's going to funnel back down to us, and we'll be able to get that to people. Um, and uh, also, if you need to get in touch with what else is going on in the near Northwest, you can uh, touch on their Facebook. Uh, also, we have an event called the Near Northwest Side uh, uh, COVID Response. You can mm-hmm. touch in on that. I wanted to mention a couple uh, yep. of public partners that have really helped uh Tyrese yep, and we, do, and we do,
2: and we do got to wrap you up, Matt. But yes, so oh, that no event page is if on you can, Facebook.
4: If you can shout yeah. them out in ten seconds, go. Yes.
10: <laughs> oh no problem. I, I just wanted to mention uh, uh, the area's counselor, Bob. Mostly, he helped out a lot, uh, bringing in some uh, Indigo shuttle support at will start next week. Also, mm-hmm. and the community health workers over there in the office of uh, public health and safety, to trying to come up with a citywide public handbook because even community emergency emergency response is not exactly socially distant on paper yet yeah so we're just trying to yeah. adapt that for the Marion county mm-hmm. approach appreciate
2: y'all awesome thank you so much matt we had some great people call in, cam and tina this is fantastic just to see how indianapolis is rising to the occasion to take care of each other during this time.
4: We have had uh, a number of people call in and it's been great to find out what people are doing to keep the world and our city moving during uh, this pandemic. So uh, we appreciate those calls at 239- 9696. Uh, Speaking of keeping the world moving, we're going to talk to someone who has seen what is happening on the front lines in these emergency rooms. A doctor uh, here in Indianapolis will call us to let us know how our hospitals, how our healthcare care staff and our first responders are holding up during this pandemic that our governor says is only just getting started we're just getting started here too on the radio more of the open line show is coming up after this this is open lines
0: let's get back to open lines your eye on the community on hot 96.3
4: Hi, this is Oshia Boyd, editor of the Indianapolis Recorder newspaper and Indiana Minority Business Magazine. You're listening to Open Lines with Ebony Chappelle and Cameron Riddle.
2: Welcome back to Open Lines here on 106.7 WTLC and Hot 96.3. This is Ebony Chappelle here with Cameron Riddle and Tina Cosby um, having a very um, intense conversation about coronavirus from so many different angles. We have heard from some great community leaders this morning about things that they are doing to impact their neighborhoods directly. We've also heard from our IMPD chief. We've heard from Indigo. We've heard from Cluster Truck. We just wrapped up a really touching conversation with a woman who's a great friend of Cameron's who has tested positive for coronaviruses and is currently on the mend. Um, keeping in that vein about people that are directly on those front lines we are now going to talk with Dr. Tamika Dawson-Knox
4: um, who is a doctor at IU Health. Dr. Knox uh, is on our live line let's see if she's there. Doctor good morning. Good morning. Hey how are you? I'm fine. How are you doing? I'm good. I want to thank you for stopping by and talking to us on the What's show. Doing? But I first, as I ask everyone, how are you doing yourself during all this?
6: I'm doing okay. I'm, you know, I think our day-to-day has changed a lot. But overall, mm. I think we're all handling the best we can.
2: Absolutely. Yeah. Absolutely. And speaking of that day-to-day, um, as a healthcare provider, You all are used to, you know, working really, really hard and being in some high pressure situations. But I'm sure, you know, nothing in your training could have prepared you for what our country, not only our country, but what our world is experiencing right now. So from um, your perspective, just wanted to know, how have you seen the day to day operation shift since the onset of um, COVID-19 here in Marion County at your facility?
6: I think the biggest thing that has changed is, for instance, you know, our outpatient world has changed to do more virtual visits, which mm-hmm. we weren't doing a whole lot of before, partly to help offset anyone coming into our offices and possibly giving someone else COVID-19. Um, so that's one thing we've changed. We've also, in the hospital specifically, I know Methodist ER, specifically has a COVID-19 section now so that patients that are coming in for like heart attacks or other kind of illnesses are not being exposed to the COVID-19 because you're trying to contain it as much as humanly possible. Mm -hmm. Doctor,
3: do you have, uh, this is Tina Cosby. Uh, Do you have, uh, do you have what you need to do what you need to do?
6: Yes, currently we do, but we also have to remember that India has not hit its peak yet. So Mm -hmm. we are still several weeks away from our own peak. And so, Uh What the hospital systems are trying to do is get some more stockpiles so that once we do hit our peak, we will not be put in the situation that New York and some of our other yeah. cities are put into where we do not have what we need.
3: Yeah, I was about to say,
6: yeah,
3: the video and the pictures uh, and the reports out of New York early this morning uh, where it's being called a, a, a pop, apocalyptic uh, wow. in, in in uh I guess in scope, uh, with uh, refrigerated uh, semi tractor trailer trucks,
2: yeah, full of uh, being, yeah, full yeah. of
3: being used to, uh, as temporary morgues. I mean they they have really gone there, and I don't. It doesn't seem as if New York has hit its peak yet either. So, which is scary. Yeah, that yeah. is very which is scary. Yeah,
6: yeah. And their cases are starting to go down, which is really good. So it seems like their self quarantining and literally social distancing is helping those cases go down. But yeah. still. It's still nowhere near where we would like it to be.
4: So the governor on Friday said that he is expecting the peak to be mid to late April as of right now. He stressed uh, in his press conference on Friday that this is only just the beginning and that these numbers are increasing rapidly, but it's it's about to snowball. Um, And so as we see these numbers jump from, you know, last week, we were uh, I, I know two I know two weeks ago we had 15 cases and now today we have. Uh, 1,232. Um, are you guys on the same kind of projection plan there inside the hospitals?
6: Yes, absolutely. So we know we're several weeks away from seeing the most. So what we've done, what IU Health has done specifically, is they've asked other physicians, hey, you know, would you come back to the hospital if needed? Mm -hmm. And 90% of those physicians said yes. Physicians, nurse practitioners, respiratory therapists that are normally in the outpatient world, because we know that in two to three weeks, we're going to need more physicians, more nurse practitioners, more nurses Mm -hmm. back in the hospitals and in the ER to contain what we know will be the peak.
2: Yeah. Yeah. And I wonder when we talk about that peak um, in terms of the number of positive cases, When we think about um, the numbers of people that have already um, passed away from this, one of the things that I've been seeing a lot of, um, especially online, are Healthcare professionals recording videos that are educational, so giving the public tips on things that they can do to protect themselves, but also some um, real cries for help um, from that community of people talking about how they are overworked and how they are mentally um, stressed and drained from the amount of um just trauma that they're experiencing on a daily basis trying to take care of patients um, who are being impacted by this virus. I wanted to know um, in terms of of your facility, IU Health, what are you all doing to maintain employee morale and what is the morale right now?
6: I think the morale right now is alert and aware. If Mm -hmm. I was to say anything, I would think right now we're all kind of on hyper-aware mode. Mm -hmm. Um, One of the things IU Health does is they send updates normally one in the morning around 10 or 11 and another one in the afternoon because things rapidly change. Mm -hmm. You know, patients always say, well, that's not the information I got last week. Well, absolutely, because things change so rapidly. Um, And so I think that right now it's just that alert and aware. I think as we get closer to our peak, You know, some of the things they've talked about is having mental health professionals to help us through some of the trauma that we're going to see. Mm -hmm. And so getting us prepared for that is a big step. But right now we're just really trying to be alert and aware of what's going on so that when we hit that point, we won't end up like some of the other cities that you may see.
2: Yeah. Doctor, I also wanted to ask, um, Piggybacking on that, you know, I mentioned about how some medical professionals are going online and recording little short, maybe TikTok videos or or things like that to say, hey, these are some things that you can do to protect yourself. Um, What would you say? We just heard from somebody that has um, contracted the virus and is on the mend right now. What would you say to help underscore the seriousness for our listeners of that social distancing, of practicing these good hygiene um, efforts, because you're seeing it firsthand being in the hospital? What would you say to them to underscore the seriousness of what we all need to do to take care of ourselves right now?
6: I think the big thing that people always want to compare is the COVID-19 to the flu. You know, that's mm. our big um, thing that everyone wants to say, well, this is, you know, flu has way more death. And I agree with that to a, certain, to a certain extent, but one of the things that I realized last week when I was talking to one of my partners was we will all know someone that will pass away or be gravely ill from COVID-19. Each mm-hmm. and every one of us will meet someone or know someone in our lives that will die or will be gravely ill from this disease. And so in that same respect, we will not see that necessarily with the flu. And so we need to take this seriously because I've already experienced two deaths of friends and a parent of another one of my friends already and we haven't even hit the peak in Indianapolis. Mm -hmm. So knowing that you have to take it seriously because someone you know, one, staying in will help save a life, but someone you know may end up with this disease and what we want to try to do is contain it as much as humanly possible.
4: Now that's already hard on you as a doctor um, you know, to one, do your job and know that you've got people affected. And that's typical in your line of work. But today, as we're doing this kind of in, in mass with everybody in that same boat, mm-hmm. what is the, uh, the morale? How are the other staff, the folks on the front lines handling it now? And as you said, we're not even at the peak.
6: I mean, I think they're, you know, they're doing the best they can. You know, they're trying to stay positive. They You know, I think part of it, too, is that COVID-19 symptoms are not, you know, everyone keeps saying it's like the flu. It's not like the flu. You know, some people have very mild symptoms, but some people have very severe symptoms, so like they can't breathe. And I think that that, as a healthcare professional, you feel you want to help them as much as you can, and you know you're limited in what you have. We have no treatment for this right now. And so... That is a fear. We we This is an unknown virus. It's a novel virus, something we had never seen before. So knowing that you have, you're treating them the best you can with what you have and that that may still not be enough, of course, is going to bring your morale down a little bit. And so trying to be hyper-alert and hyper-aware and do all you can for your patients is what we're left with.
4: Doc, Absolutely. let me ask you, um, when... Um, we see these numbers come out. We we know there's 584 confirmed cases in Indianapolis Marion County. Mm-hmm. We know that there are 1,200 confirmed cases in the state of Indiana. That's just a snapshot of what's really happening out there. I'm how so? I guess the question to you is: How accurate do you think that snapshot is to reality? Because, like I said, I know of at least. Two other people right. uh, who, ha- who believe they have coronavirus symptoms. The doctor said they had coronavirus symptoms, but they couldn't get a test. So what is the yeah. reality yeah. of this?
6: The reality is we probably have three to four times what the numbers show. Wow. wow.
3: Including, including the deaths? Maybe some deaths yeah. that may have been re- not necessarily reported as COVID- coronavirus deaths?
6: Absolutely. Absolutely.
2: Yeah. Because
3: yeah, right now it's reported as 31 Thirty-one total. Right. Yeah. And in
2: that vein, doctor, um, a lot of people, I was one of these people at the beginning of the year, got sick out of nowhere with something that really knocked me out. I was at home for three days and tried to save every bit of energy I could to get myself healthy to come in here and work with Kim um, on a Sunday morning. But it was it was crazy how it hit me. Um, and I had so many other coworkers that got sick earlier in the year. Um, there is a growing consensus of people that are wondering, did I potentially contract this virus earlier in the year before we had um the knowledge that we do now, before we had the testing, et cetera? And I just wanted to know your um perspective as a medical professional. Do you I feel like that's possible that people got it earlier in the year and then shed it and maybe had no idea that they had it?
6: I think that's absolutely possible. There yeah. were several patients that we've had in the office that I could have sworn had the flu, and that were flu negative. That now, mm-hmm. hindsight, well, could they have had? Absolutely.
4: Yeah. And
6: so we're not even close to capturing those numbers either.
4: Wow, Doctor. Yeah. Uh, the other day, uh, all of the medical units throughout Indianapolis were soliciting from the public some supplies: gowns, masks, face guards, disinfectants. All of that, first of all, was really weird uh, for me to see the request and uh, for public donations of things as such as hand sanitizer and wipes. Things that the hospital normally has an abundance of,
2: mm-hmm.
4: um, and then you have the the governor and the state officials saying, "Hey." Um, we've got loads and loads of supplies coming in from X, Y, and Z direction. Uh, when I asked this to the governor, I said, how can it be both that on one hand, you say there's loads and loads of supplies, but on the other hand, he says, the hospitals are saying we need donations. So Mm -hmm. he says the answer is because we can never have enough, even with the donations and even with the federal stockpile, we need more. What's the reality in the hospital?
6: Right now, we have enough, but he's absolutely right. We need more. We need as much as humanly possible. We can't have enough because every time you walk into this room, you have to gown, you have to glove, you have to um, put on your mask. Imagine being in a hospital. I'm just, I've rarely been in a hospital, but I've had two children. So my <laughs> nurse is in and out of that hospital room probably four or five times a day. Well, yeah. if it's a COVID-19 patient... Gonna double, they're gonna to have to be in the, that room way mm-hmm. more than that, so they're yeah. gonna have to gown and glove every time. So, wow. for one particular patient, they could have or use 200 to 300 PPEs.
2: My goodness, for one
6: person, so we could never have enough, yeah. at this wow. point.
2: Wow, doctor, something else that I i wondered about, um. In terms of the hospital setting, you've mentioned about the resources and needing to make sure that you have plenty on hand more than than you even, you know, know what to do with because you never know what the need is going to be um, as we inch toward our peak. I also wanted to ask about um, people coming into the hospital facility or maybe going to the emergency room for for things that are not uh, maybe most important right now? I know that some um, doctors and nurses have been urging people, you know, hey, if you really don't need to be here, don't be here. Just wanted to get your thoughts on that.
6: I absolutely think if you do not need to go to your doctor, your dentist, the ER, don't go. Um, Utilize the virtual visits. They will help. I promise I diagnosed multiple things last week via the virtual visits. It's worth it to just call your PCP and say, hey, have you, guys up tel- have you guys set up telephone visits or virtual visits that I can call into? Cause I am ha- People are still getting sick with other things or mm-hmm. need to talk to their doctors about other things, their high blood pressure, their diabetes. Don't put that on the back burner, but let's find another alternative solution to treating those diseases so that you do not get sick or come into contact with someone that is sick.
4: Two, three, nine, nine, six, nine, six, two, three, nine, got just a couple of minutes left here on the show. If you've got a question for the doctor, you can jump in. But mm-hmm. I also want to turn folks attention. I mentioned to uh, the hospitals needing uh, su- supplies and it's a uh, Franciscan friend. I can never say that word. Franciscan. Franciscan yeah. health, there you go. Eskenazi health. IU health. Um, there's another community health network. Yep. All mm-hmm. of these guys are looking for supplies, everything from gloves, gowns, April aprons, Respirators, Mm -hmm. face shields, wipes and other antibacterial products. Uh, And that, again, goes the same for IU Health as well Mm -hmm. on the list.
3: And, you know, uh, Cameron, Governor Holcomb has announced that uh, offenders are now producing masks and uh, gowns and other things. Uh, One uh, you know, one particular, the Miami Valley Correctional Facility, mm-hmm. and another one is gearing up uh, to start producing and even sanitizer. So help yeah. is coming in from, you know, just all around.
2: Yep. And Tina, you yeah. mentioned earlier about someone that is producing um, masks and things for for use as well. I think it was something that Didi shared with you.
3: Oh, yeah, Didi, uh, they, they're they uh, they're donating. It's a it's a yeah. coalition of churches, um, the Heartland Church and Fishers. Uh, mm-hmm. started out, uh, I believe it was last week, and they were donating 35,000 masks. They now have a number of churches that have joined them. D.D. Uh, D. Gray, our Director of Faith-Based and Nonprofit Relations, uh, is forwarding this information to me. Now they're partnering, a uh, number of churches they're partnering, and they've got over 200,000-plus masks that they're going to be donating uh, to central uh, Indiana and throughout the state, I would assume. College Park Connection, Christian Point, uh, Christian Point, College Park Church, Church connection point, uh, Eagle Church, East Ninety First Street Christian Church, Eastern Star, um, Emmanuel Grace, um, just a number of uh, cities, uh, a number of churches throughout the city in Central Indiana. I can't, I can't name them all. There, there's, there's so, there's many. so many churches. Yeah. But the coalition yeah. that Heartland started is growing by leaps and bounds, and they went from thirty-five thousand mass that they're donating last week to over two hundred thousand, and more churches are joining in that uh, effort as well.
4: We've wow. got uh, news headlines that are continuing continuing to come in as as we said we uh this stuff continues to change minute by minute and looks like u.s surgeon general jerome adams has called indianapolis quote an emerging hotspot for covid19 so we'll have to get wow. more on that here oh, coming up goodness, yeah. but yes. uh yeah as we know if you look at the map it's a big concentration right here in, in marion county, county. Yep, exactly yep. we do have a caller on the line uh for the doctor we're gonna get this one call in and then we'll have to wrap up the show caller you're live on the air who's this
5: I'd just like to ask the doctor can anybody make a fair prediction of where this will end up? Any doctor, medical doctor, clinical doctor, or scientific doctor that can make an actual analysis and find out where we're going and make some finding in that manner so we can know what we're facing, or is it just uh, we know day by day what's going on as it happens? All right, Thank very you, good, Larry.
2: Question. Thank you for calling in. I think that we can make predictions based
6: off of how well we're doing social distancing so that's why Mm -hmm. we can tell you the peak is going to be three or four weeks out you know probably the end of april because we're doing a good job of trying to keep people in um and we can do that based off models we've seen in china and italy um however an absolute no there's no absolute because we don't know what what we're going to do if we're going to continue to social distance or we're going to open up the country or parts of the country will that change those curves we don't know Mm
2: -hmm. well dr knox thank you so much once again um dr dawson knox excuse me um for calling in this morning and for bringing us up to speed um from the healthcare providers perspective and we also just want to thank you for your service in working to keep all of us safe and healthy thank you you guys stay safe Good all right, to. you Thank as well. You you. Well, ladies, that was a good
3: show. Fantastic! Good show. Yeah. And uh, guess what? I get to do it again tomorrow. Yes, you <laughs> yes. do. <it> <laughs> yeah. Shameless plug there, but hey, I, I, not shameless at all. I not want at people, all. Tell people, people to, to listen in to listen because yes. tomorrow is going to be another day, and I can guarantee you, within twenty four hours, we're gonna. Ha- it's going to be different. Yeah. Yeah. It's going especially with that new that mm-hmm. that just emerging news about the hotspot Indiana being a, a hotspot or is Absolutely. it Indianapolis or Marin it County? says Indianapolis? Oh, and Indianapolis and I'll, get, I'll get more, but
4: we know that there yeah. are hotspots growing. Mm-hmm. Detroit, uh-huh. Chicago, uh-huh. apparently Indianapolis, New yeah. Orleans. Yeah. Um and and it's funny because I remember when this when this was starting everyone was saying, "Oh, this is just going to be an East Coast West Coast thing." Yeah. And yeah, no such, you haven't no heard a well. whole lot about California. Like there are a lot of people in California, uh-huh. right? but they're they're okay. You've yeah. heard a lot about Washington state. Uh-huh. You've heard a lot oh, yes. about Seattle
2: was horrible. Yes, heard a lot yeah. about Seattle
4: and Washington. You've heard a lot about New York, but we're hearing a lot about Detroit, where they have mm-hmm. a number of police officers and first mm-hmm. responders in quarantine. Mm-hmm. Chicago mm-hmm. and now Indianapolis. So this has not been any in any of the disasters movies. Do they take place in the Midwest? So, Never. This yeah. was
2: not an Independence Day or any of those things. So this is taking us all by surprise. Yeah, so, it is. Yeah, it
3: changes self self mutating all mm-hmm. the all those different yeah. different things probably apply and that's why we have to stay on top of it and that's why it is exactly. our it is our privilege and our pleasure to keep people on top of it for sure exactly. And they can listen
2: to tina uh every weekday from one to three yep absolutely and you're doing it from 10, the home light now. and 92.7 we're,
3: fm we're, i will be we're as working from tomorrow. home you know it, as of tomorrow yeah i think so we're
2: think
4: all so. doing our our best to mm-hmm. stay separated and yeah. social distance and we
2: are so yeah. far apart from each other in the studio right yeah, <laughs> we are we are indeed. yeah we're but, all, uh, yeah, but yeah, they you
3: know, we're we're doing our best. It took a while to get the setup together, but mm-hmm. now that I have the setup going, uh uh, I'm going to be my little own, e- own engineer and everything. and yep. we'll, A one-woman we'll one 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 woman band. One-woman no well, show. Well, Ethan's going to help a lot. So. Well, you what
4: know what? Good. I know the show is going to sound so good, you won't even know the difference. Yeah. Nope. Well,
3: you, you're from home, too.
4: Yes, I am. Yeah. All the news that I've been doing. All the news reports. have <laughs> been from Studio <laughs> H, which stands for Home Office. <laughs> yes. And i love yeah. it. Studio C. It. Studio yeah. C
2: for me. And you, Ebony? Uh, me, I have been updating people on all of the great news that uh, Cameron and you have been gathering throughout the week. So I'm still doing my full-time. Um, job with Indiana Donor Network from home. So finding out how to educate people digitally has been interesting um, but shout out to the Indianapolis recorder for having us in the news this week. And I've just been sharing all of the great news that you all have been gathering yeah. on social media, and I'll continue to do that. Sunday is the only day I leave the house yeah, to come right, and do this indeed. show for you all. So all right, appreciate all right. Y'all.
4: We're all
3: going home and staying home. <laughs> That's <Yes>. right. <laughs> all right. All
4: right. All right. Yeah. I will all see right. you tomorrow morning, tomorrow evening over across the street on RTV6. I hope you join us for everything we've got for you coronavirus and so much more. Uh, coming up here on Hot six three B Swift, Ash Mack, and the Hot 96 crew, and on 106. Point seven. our man Al Sharpton with the Hour of Power coming up next on 106.7 WTLC. I'm Cameron Moodle for Ebony Chappelle, Tina Cosby, and our entire Radio 1 Indianapolis crew. We thank you for watching. We'll see you same time, same station next Saturday. Sunday, that is. Next Sunday. <laughs> <laughs> live at 8.
2: Yes, all right. Peace.